Fatih sits on the city bus. He stares out of the window while listening to music in his headphones. With his work uniform folded neatly in the seat next to him, hairnet, apron, black pants, and white dress shirt, he has one stop to make before he starts his shift at the cafeteria. Fatih pulls the line above his head to signal to the driver that it's his turn to get off the bus. The brakes on the bus release a high-pitched squeal briefly as they stop. The bus lowers to the ground as air escapes the hydraulic suspension with an exasperated hiss. Fatih stands up now and exits onto the street. He's outside of the pharmacy that he frequents to refill his meds. He walks to the back of the pharmacy and stands in a long line. It's taken forever. He only has 20 minutes to catch the next bus and worries he'll be late for work if he waits much longer. Being on time is something he's worked on for years and hasn't had to put much effort into being on time for things now that he has medication to help him. Fatih has ADHD. Without a car, timing his bus commute is essential to keeping his job. When it's his turn in line at the pharmacy, he walks up to the counter. He gives his name and ID but receives terrible news. The pharmacy tells him that due to the amphetamine shortage, he cannot fill the prescription for his meds. He asked when he could return to pick them up, but there was no answer. They didn't know when the medication would be back in. Fatih began to struggle at his job. The first month without his med was hard. He knew the bus schedule like the back of his hand, but the problem was getting ready for work. He didn't consider getting up at his usual time only worked because he took his meds right when he got up. He should have gotten up a little earlier because without focus drugs, getting all of his things together was very difficult. He was late to work the second day without meds. The next day, he made sure to get up early. The days grew longer than he remembers though, and now he finds himself spacing out when people give him important verbal instructions. He used to be great at multitasking, which is an essential skill in the food service industry since everything moves at such a rapid pace. He burns food. He can't keep track of time enough to remember to return to the grill while he's standing at the oven, for instance. After just two months, Fatih's boss at the cafeteria warns him about his slip in performance. He wants to explain, I'm trying to be on time, I'm trying to pay better attention, but I can't. He knows how people see ADHD, so it doesn't matter. Instead, he stands there feeling ashamed and anxious and takes a verbal beating from his boss. He agrees he'll try better. Finally, after three months without meds, the prescription was filled, but too late. Fatih is fired for his lack of performance the same day his prescription is filled. This painful moment replays in his mind whenever he gets low on his prescription, even though it was several years ago. That's why when he looked at his last tablet of Ritalin rattling inside the plastic vial, Fatih became reminded of his troubles in the past. His mind flashes to the car he just purchased. It was great not to rely on public transportation for the first time in his life, but now he fears he won't be able to keep up with the payments without his pills. Unlike Sheila from the last episode, Fatih works a more neurotypical job that demands tasks get done and that they get done in a specific fashion overseen and enforced by management. It's a lot less flexible than working a writing job from home, which is still tricky with neurodivergence. Still, notice how different this affects someone who works at your local grocery store or bank or restaurant, not to mention the pain of withdrawals, the paranoia, the fatigue, the inability to focus. Fatih squeezes the near-empty prescription bottle in his hand and clenches his teeth. He'd do anything to keep his job. Anything.
Welcome to another episode of Attention, Please. And this is part two of explaining the Adderall crisis. I know that I wanted to get this out on Friday a lot earlier, but I just didn't want to reduce the quality of the episode by rushing. And also, I realized, what am I going to release on Monday? So in order to keep up with the algorithm and schedule and whatnot, I just went ahead and thought it'd be easier to release it as normal. I got a little too excited. So uh, again, true ADHD fashion. In the last episode, we discussed the brief history of amphetamines and why there's an Adderall shortage today. And here's a quick recap. We learned that the natural stimulant ephedra shortage in the 1920s likely caused the initial creation of synthetic amphetamines that we rely on to treat inattention and other conditions today. We learned that amphetamines started as a decongestant and nasal spray used to create amphetamine that we know today by accident, actually. We also learned that the short supply of amphetamine-based drugs in 2023 is very confusing since the supplies needed to make dextroamphetamine today are abundant because we switched to synthetic formulas about 100 years ago. Official explanations of the current drought are complicated by contradictions from the DEA, FDA, and drug manufacturers. It was a post on Reddit that finally broke the news of the Adderall shortage months later, and the FDA likely felt pressured to make an official statement announcing the shortage, And I say that they likely felt pressure because when asked why they waited so long, their reply was they didn't want to start a panic. As if not having prescription drugs is going to start a panic, especially without an explanation, but okay. The FDA threw someone else under the bus. They claimed that they were experiencing a nationwide shortage because of a company called Teva, who is one of the largest manufacturers of Adderall in the United States. Teva says they're experiencing problems because of a package line issue that arose during COVID, but then said the issue had been resolved and an average production would resume in the summer of 2022, yet here we are in the middle of 2023. And things seem to have seemingly become worse. We learned that the DEA regulates the supplies and quotas of the raw amphetamine that's used to, of the raw materials that's used to make amphetamine. They say there is no shortage of amphetamine and in fact, that there's an excess and leftover supply of raw materials from the previous quota. Still, they don't know who has it and they need to find out which company does, which I don't think they're actually trying to do that. And that's basically the gist of part one. But if you still need to catch up on the last episode, I recommend going back and listening to that since the recap I provided fails to cover the over 40 minutes of research and insight that I provided. So be sure to check that out. Moving forward, this episode explores ways to cope during a shortage of Adderall. Before that, I'll also talk about the mental health aspects of medication shortages and the dark underlying parts of stimulant dependency in the US. Stay tuned. So as stated in part one, I established the history of clinical amphetamine usage and why the Adderall shortage is even happening. Briefly, I discussed how it can affect the people who desperately need it, but now I want to dig even deeper into the mental health of individuals who take stimulants to work and how the onset of the shortage back in the fall of 2022 has been taking a toll on the collective mind of medicinal stimulant users. People with ADHD have suffered more severely than those without the condition during the COVID-19 pandemic. And that's why doctors and other experts 
think that they observed a surge of new ADHD diagnoses and stimulant prescription requests during the pandemic. Tons of people who once relied on the structures of physically going to work or school like a crutch suddenly had it swept from under them and began to struggle. This caused many people who didn't need medication to suddenly seek evaluations and treatment. Adults have overtaken children since the 2010s for prescription ADHD drugs, which is mind-blowing to me. I, I used to think, especially when like about, a t like what, 10 years ago, they didn't even think that adult ADHD was really a thing. But now stimulants offer irreplaceable relief to patients who suffer from neurodivergence. It improves their work and school performance, reducing their risk of anxiety, depression, drug abuse, and suicide. A 2017 study of millions of patient records observed adult ADHD patients who take stimulants are less likely to get into an auto accident. And this is significant because of the, because one of the manifestations of adult ADHD is frequent auto accidents. That's probably why Dr. David Goodman calls stimulants, quote, one of the most effective treatments in all of medicine for any condition, end quote. When people have heart disease or diabetes, taking a pill doesn't suddenly make them able to function the way a healthy person does. For example, suppose you have a heart problem requiring you to take drugs. In that case, once you take the medication, you can't be miraculously able to start running marathons all of a sudden. Many of the drugs used to treat ailments are precisely that. Treatments, band-aids, they don't actually fix the problem. They ease the symptoms enough to get by. The meds used to treat inattention are pretty much the same. The difference is for those several hours that focus medication is coursing through our veins, there is no such thing as ADHD. It is actually a very, very effective treatment for inattention. I've said it before, taking one small 15 milligram capsule of Adderall is like, was like putting on glasses for the first time, for me anyways. It's life-changing. I couldn't work a full-time job and do this podcast without it. Maintaining a full-time job itself would probably almost be impossible. And that's probably why Dr. David Goodman also said this about taking meds for hyperactivity and inattention, quote, this can come down to the difference between stopping at the red light or running the red light because you got distracted, end quote. And that sounds pretty important. All that said, it's easier to see why not having drugs for people who rely on them can contribute to being a less attentive family member or parent at home, or how it can lead to a drastic inability to regulate emotions and impulses. It may mean increased distractibility and tardiness at work, making the person seem unreliable. And that's why people panic when they cannot find their medication for ADHD after calling 15 to 20 pharmacies. It's like a wheelchair for people who can't walk. Imagine if suddenly using a wheelchair was illegal or there was a shortage of them. You might be able to get around somehow, but it would definitely be more difficult. Here are some first-hand accounts of people struggling right now without medication. And this is from a CNN article. Without medication, Clara experiences something known as ADHD paralysis. She could have a list of things to do and knows it's essential to accomplish, but she struggles to stop whatever other activities she's doing. Quote, as a parent, I was surprised at how upset I felt. End quote, Rebecca said. Quote, I was crying and it caused me to just be exhausted. By the end of the day, I had just crashed. I was like, wow, this has really taken a toll on me. And I think I've 
realize I'm accustomed to being able to get medication when I have a prescription. I've never tried to fill a prescription and been told you can't get this anywhere, end quote. Ashley Jordan, 24, of Colorado, said she must save her pills for when she needs them most. She's taken Teva's version of Adderall for over seven years for ADHD. Ashley was surprised to find out that her pharmacy had given her a different brand of the drug in August because it was all they had. Unaware of the medication substitute, she had adverse reactions to the unfamiliar formulation of the drug, which caused her to become sick with an upset stomach and headaches. So looking at Adderall as the effective medication that it is, it's no surprise to see why people kind of, uh, you know, panic when they don't have it. Not only that, but it could cause people to do things impulsively or even behave out of character when there's limited access to the drug. Likewise, people who cannot acquire relief from their symptoms may seek relief via alternative methods. Social media is full of shady accounts claiming to have the drug for sale. Some people reach out to friends who no longer use the meds that were previously prescribed them. And this isn't really good either because of the legal aspects of the Schedule II substance. Selling your own prescription medication is obviously a felony, but you can't even share it with others for free. In short, you can become a felon for seeking to alleviate your symptoms or help someone else alleviate theirs. 23 people were charged for trafficking pills in October of 2022 after seizing over 74,000 counterfeit pills, according to the U.S. Department of Justice, including counterfeit Adderall laced with meth. And amid the opioid crisis, fentanyl should be a growing concern for anyone considering buying weird pills off the street. I feel like I kind of came off as unaware of the importance of regulating this drug in the last episode, and even maybe in this one, and that's not truly how I feel at all. And though I believe in decriminalizing most drugs, if not all of them, for medicinal and recreational use, I also think people need to be aware of the dangers surrounding dextroamphetamine usage in this particular case. It's reasonable that the feds and medical practitioners advise against sharing this drug. Like say you have a friend struggling to get work done around the office and you're like, oh, I'll just give him an Adderall. But what if you don't know this, but they take medication for high blood pressure or something and the stimulants will definitely raise it. And what if their blood pressure goes too high? Or maybe they, do they take a medication for a mental disorder and suddenly when they take an Adderall, they start having paranoia or panic attacks if they consume even a tiny dose of dextroamphetamine. I can understand the feeling of not having medication. Outside of the shortage, I've had times when I forgot to take it or there was a problem at the pharmacy. Words to describe the feeling that you get when you don't have your prescription focus medication in clinical terminology are irritable, anxious, uncomfortable, or having trouble focusing. And that's all just dressed up language in my opinion, to soften the fact that people who need to take the drug are indeed dependent and experiencing withdrawal symptoms. Let's talk about that. Adderall withdrawal symptoms can include restlessness, insomnia, weight loss, fast heart rate, dizziness, fatigue, seizures, panic attacks, blurred vision, high blood pressure, paranoia, dry mouth, suicidal thoughts, depression. So 
So not the greatest, in other words. The language is misleading, and I think that's a marketing ploy to not associate patients with addicts and recreational users. People relying on the drug for a long time to maintain their usual level of competency in society will react similarly to an addict without it. An estimated 5.6 million people across the United States use Adderall, which we learned that in the first part. And this doesn't include people who are abusing it, though. Only now that we are experiencing such a, an impactful shortage can we see the truth about so many Americans. Many of us are drug dependent, we're drug addicts. There's gotta be like a ton of people just barely hanging on during these times. Of the 5.6 million legitimate Adderall users, that's 1.69% of the US population. If 15% of those people are having trouble getting their meds, that's 840,000 people whose lives are in potential danger. People who suffer from neurodivergence enough to seek a prescription probably struggle with managing their symptoms. The symptoms of ADHD are, in part, impulsiveness, poor emotional regulation, and frequent auto accidents. This is an extraordinary group of individuals to go off their meds because they're more likely to do something impulsive like, I don't know, try meth for the first time? As countless individuals are confronting having to rapidly taper off or stop their medication, we're facing a real possibility of a public disaster on a scale not seen since the prescription opioid crisis. Instead of enduring withdrawal, other individuals cut off from Adderall are likely to turn to alternative stimulants like crystal meth, fueling a much broader problem. Check this and tell me if this does not sound familiar. Catastrophic regulation failures contributed to widespread opioid dependence and addiction. The government response to the prescription opioid crisis focused on rapidly reducing the supplies. That meant cracking down on pill mills, tightened prescribing restrictions, and reformulated products to make them harder to snort and inject. And this approach backfired because it pushed many users, legitimate users, onto the illicit market. Heroin was widely available and far cheaper than its pharmaceutical cousins, so no-brainer for some folks. The recent rise in fentanyl contamination has further fueled the crisis. Overdose rates have continued to soar, spiking from 16,000 during the height of the prescription opioid crisis to more than 100,000 annually. I didn't know it was that bad. Um, I knew it was bad, but geez, man. So the number of cases of bloodborne infections like HIV and hepatitis has also spiked in tandem. And this is the sort of crisis that some fear could happen with stimulants if it persists for too much longer or gets worse. Cardiac arrests involving stimulant drugs are already at an all-time high. Methamphetamine injection is helping to drive infectious disease cases. And there's also concerns about street stimulants, including counterfeit pills being contaminated with fentanyl. So all that being said, the DEA stated that it has no intention of increasing the amphetamine quotas for 2023, despite the possible onset of this new stimulant crisis. And the reason why they won't is because, again, they said that there is no Adderall shortage, that there's a big chunk of it out there somewhere. If you're listening to this and experiencing a problem getting your ADHD medication, you might be struggling. So this next section is about how to cope without your prescription dextroamphetamine. So to understand how to cope, 
let's look at how Adderall works again, because I've done this before in previous episodes, but still, I think that I've generated a more detailed and nuanced understanding of the neurochemistry involved in taking Adderall in this context. So I'm going to explain it better than I've ever explained it before. So um, the two active ingredients in Adderall are dextroamphetamine and levoamphetamine, and they are amphetamine compounds that work by increasing the levels of dopamine and neuropinephrine in the brain. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter involved in the brain's reward and pleasure centers. The release of dopamine is essential to starting tasks. Dopamine is the chemical that makes a person, makes you chase the feeling of accomplishment. In contrast, neuropinephrine is involved in attention and arousal. Not that kind of arousal, you sickos. When the body experiences stress, neuropinephrine is released, leading to physiological changes such as increased heart rate, blood pressure, and breathing rate. It also helps to increase focus and attention, which can be helpful in certain situations. For example, imagine you're walking in the park and suddenly you see a snake on the path in front of you. In this situation, your body's stress response is triggered. Neuropinephrine is then released to help you prepare for a fight or flight situation. The surge of neuropinephrine increases your heart rate and breathing rate, as we said, providing you the energy to run away or fight off the snake if necessary. And at the same time, neuropinephrine helps to increase focus and attention, allowing you to quickly assess the situation and determine the best course of action. When a person takes Adderall, the drug is absorbed into the bloodstream it travels to the brain, stimulating the release of dopamine and neuropinephrine from nerve terminals. The drug also inhibits the reuptake of these neurotransmitters, meaning that they stay in the synapse longer, which leads to an increased activation in the postsynaptic receptors. And this increased activation leads to increased neuronal firing and communication between different brain parts, improving focus, attention, and cognitive function, blah, 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 blah. We get all that. I felt like the guy from the movie Limitless when I first reintroduced myself to prescription stimulants again as an adult a few years ago. It's an incredible feeling, but there is an equal and opposite reaction for every action. What goes up must come down. When you don't have the meds, it can feel just as bad as it initially felt a relief to have them. Even so, you have to stay strong and there are a few steps that you can use to cope if you're feeling the adverse effects of not having your medication because of an Adderall shortage. And here's some things that you can do. Finally, one, obviously you can call your doctor. Is it actually, I recommend that you should. You should say, yo, don't have my Adderall. I might, you know, I'm freaking out possibly. If it's not to say that, you can at least call your doctor to say you're experiencing a shortage. They probably can't do too much, but letting them know is still good. Suppose you have an app to request a refill for your meds. In that case, the doctor's office probably just sends the notification to your doctor, and then your doctor will write the new script, then they'll send it over to the pharmacy. During that whole process, your doctor probably has yet to determine whether or not that particular location can fill the prescription. They don't know, they just send them off. Because ADHD meds are controlled substances, they would have to write a new prescription and then send it over again to switch to a different pharmacy. Because ADHD uh, medication is a controlled substance, 
you can't just get a new prescription sent over from pharmacy to pharmacy. You actually would have to call your doctor, tell your doctor, hey, I need you to write me a new prescription. And then they'll write a new one and then send it to a new pharmacy. The old ones scrapped at that point. So notifying the doctor's office will at least alert the doctor to be on like, you know, quick standby to write a new one. The last thing your pharmacy or healthcare provider should want for you is to end up hospitalized because you don't have what you need from them. You might even discuss the possibility of switching to different medications. So call your doctor. Second tip, relax and call the pharmacy. It might be hard to focus and feel motivated to do very much, but before you freak out, call pharmacies in your area. If you live in a larger city, there are many pharmacies. This increases the chances that there's a place that can fill your prescription. Go to Google and search pharmacies near me, then start calling places close to you. If you can't find a place that's close, keep looking outside your area further and further until you do. Doing it this way helps ensure that you're not calling places that are listed randomly and that hopefully you can find a place that's even closer. Next tip, try other meds or supplements. Knowing that Adderall works in the brain and nervous system, you can try other vitamins or supplements like nootropics that arouse similar chemical reactions in the nervous system. Alpha Brain, again, I talk about this all the time. Alpha Brain is something that I use. It's a nootropic that I've used for about a decade. Some of the ingredients in Alpha Brain, such as L-tyrosine and L-theanine, are believed to increase dopamine levels in the brain. Chemical trials like double-blind placebo studies have supported this effectiveness. L-tyrosine and L-theanine can also be purchased as oral supplements alone as well, and I've taken them both and have found them both to be beneficial. Now, if you have insurance and, and you go to the doctor all the time, you can talk to your doctor about just switching up your medication. Uh, my doctor recently told me that one of the better meds is Vyvanse. It's like actually one of the most sophisticated applications of uh, amphetamine-based medication. Have not tried it yet. Um, it's a little expensive and I, I actually pay for my Adderall because it's cheaper to, to do it that way even with insurance. So think about those things. Uh, next tip is ration medication. And this one is a little... I'm on the fence about, but I do think that, it, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Medication is effective on the days that it's taken, but even if it's not taken every day. In this way, stimulant medication is different from any other type of psychiatric meds, which must be taken daily to be effective. However, when patients skip stimulant medication doses, it does disrupt their routines and function. And uh, one way to ration medication, though, if you're interested, that many patients use is to take medication Monday through Friday and not on the weekend or when I'm vacation. Um, I've even split my pills in half before even the capsules. I just open them up, take half of them out and, and you know, whatever. Um, but I am also wary about this method and say only to use it in emergencies because me personally, when I skip days, I uh, don't feel so well for about you know, a few days after. Once I resume my meds again, it, it takes me a minute to kind of stabilize. There's a wobble. I get moody. I get funny feeling. So um, just be careful with that not taking medication shit because your body's definitely used to having this stuff at a, sp a specific time and, and place. So, okay, caffeine is uh, the next tip. I did not know that caffeine was called the poor man's Ritalin. I call it the working man's make me jittery and anxious, I'm still sleepy, unmotivated, but I can't stop drinking it because I'm addicted juice. 
but it can work for you too though. Um, exercise. During exercise, the brain releases dopamine in response to the physical exertion and the feelings of accomplishment that come with completing a workout. This can help to improve your mood, reduce stress levels. Studies have also shown that regular exercise can increase the number of dopamine receptors in the brain, which can help to improve the brain's response to dopamine over time, meaning you can have a higher threshold for how much dopamine you can feel and access. And this may contribute to mood boosting and stress reducing effects of exercise. And let's see, oh, okay, and the last one, last but not least, meditation. Meditation practices such as mindfulness meditations have found to increase dopamine levels release in certain areas of the brain, such as the striatum, which is involved in motivation and reward processing. Studies have shown to shown that regular meditation can lead to an increase in the density of dopamine receptors in the brain. And again, this means that the brain becomes more sensitive to dopamine over time, which can lead to increased feelings of pleasure and reward. Additionally, meditation has found to be effective at in reducing stress and anxiety, which can also have a positive impact on dopamine levels. Chronic stress has been shown to decrease dopamine levels in the brain and reducing stress through meditation may help to restore healthy dopamine function. And with that, we can finally finish up this two-part episode. This has officially been the most research intensive episode that I've done. Knowing what I know now about the Adderall shortage, I'm definitely concerned. I'm not concerned for myself, but I am truly worried about what many people would do if we couldn't get any more focused medication. Remember to call your doctor, follow some steps. Um, I really don't know what else to say because I could say, oh, we'll just try to be organized. One thing that I probably forgot to mention was using a timer. Using a timer to do things kind of imposes that uh, adrenaline kind of thing, that, that adrenaline chasing effect without actually being late for things. If you set like a 10 minute alarm to do something that you know even takes more than 10 minutes, it, it does help you kind of focus. But other than that, I can't really say like, oh, we'll write things down, be, uh, be organized, uh, clean up your spaces if you're out of Adderall. All this other, I saw a bunch of other things that were like very practical and made sense, but I've been in a place where I haven't had Adderall before. And it's like, if someone were to come up to me and be like, well, make sure you just, you know, why don't you organize your closet and and whatnot to just get yourself, you know, your mind clear and blah, blah. I'd be like, bitch, fuck you. I'm like <laughs> freaking out. I don't want to do any of this shit. I don't, I, I can't. You know, the, it's like low-key temper tantrum territory probably for most people that are without their meds. So telling them to clean up and organize, it's the stuff that they can't do anyway. I tried to give you the best ones that I could. Ones that meditation was the one where I was like, eh. That's everything I like that I could find about all this stuff. I really do hope that it helps someone. So if you found this episode to be beneficial, just reach out to me. Get on the website, AbundantADHD.com. That's A-B-N-D-T, ADHD.com. And you can go to the Attention Please blog page to find this particular. This is episode 22. This is also episode 22 on the blogs. So you can jump on the comment section there. You on the Spotify uh, show notes for this episode. You can probably find comments or polls or whatever. Um, let me know what you think. One tip that I didn't share is that you can uh, download a free planner when you do go to AbundantADHD.com. A uh, free digital planner, not a free... You can't download anything physical, so I don't know why I'm clarifying. But 
a planner might be something that can help you out. Um, there's tons of resources there. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of worn out. I had to wake up again early on a Monday to <laughs> to get all this stuff out. So I'm ready to go take a shower and get ready for work and just kind of lay around for a bit. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please give me feedback. I really want to connect with somebody who's listening to this. Because I see that, again, there's, there's I've got hundreds of listens at this point. Like many, like a lot. Uh, I'm getting close. I'm getting up there uh, for so early on. Um, so somebody fucking say something. My God, will you people interact with me? What do I got to do? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> say hi. Just say something. Uh, give me a thumbs up emoji, which I hate when people do that and don't say anything else. But in this context, I might appreciate it. Send me an email. Info at abndtadhd.com. I mean, that being said, that's all of it. I just, I really do want to talk to people about this. Uh, it's been such a fucking long episode. We've got what? I don't know what this is. 38 minutes so far on my recorder. When I edit it down, it'll probably be somewhere down to just 30 minutes. <clears throat> and that's combining the 40 minutes in the first episode. So, geez, come on, man. 70, 70 minutes of content. Good content, too. Hit me up, y'all. Jeez. All right. I'm out of here. Much love. DC out. Staying in a new kind of way. The type of day I mean it, I could do anything. I see you from up here toward the ceiling, we're spacious. Got me daydreaming of a way I could stay here. Seeing in a new kind of way The type of day I mean it, I could do anything I see you from up here toward the ceiling, more spacious Got me daydreaming of a way I could stay here Hey, yeah, hey, mean to miss a call Hard to even sleep at all Sitting all day on the job, my only weakness Safe lid on the bottle, label is a god mode on it Wonder the con, swallow anyway Skin off my lip, clenching my teeth Usain racing, slow motion for me Nervous at first, kinda juvenile really Now I say gravity, take the weight off of me What goes up comes down, you know that Find time to lay around, tell me when Light as smoke, clouds flow, past the mirror Tapping ashes, blowing back through the window Impossible mission accomplished, my promise With speeding as all it promptness, that mean case I in my pockets Pray the doctor don't give me drama for my script If I take two, would that be considered abusive? Clothes don't fit the same, Diet Coke adjacent Scooping weight gain, turn the smoothies into shakes Down from outer space, move closer to the pavement Limitless views to minuscule, life the same again As a day I be hey.